0: Welcome back to another episode of Your Vibes Podcast. Everybody's got a vibe and a story to tell. Here's this one. I hope you enjoy. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Your Vibes Podcast. Thank you for tuning in again. Thanks for staying with us. Um, I think this is episode number 22, maybe. I think so. I've got a, an interesting guest in today. I met her at a, a networking thing. I think we've crossed paths several times, but um, she's bright and full of joy, and um, has a passion for business. So, just want to get in her brain a little bit and see what she's got going on. So, uh, Miss Stephanie Bilderbeck, this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for taking the time and coming out. I know it's Monday, and I know it's before lunch, uh, which we've got lunch after this. So, yeah. we're about to learn a lot, a whole lot about each other. Um, <laughs> cool. So. Uh, me and Miss Stephanie, I think, um, so within the networking group that we've started, Dixon Networkers, we, uh, it's kind of a selective network group and uh, we drew, um, I think she drew my name or maybe I drew hers and so we've got lunch after this and I decided, uh, why don't we do a podcast before? Um, let's just get it kind of recorded and, and get it on and um, see what you got to say. So if you want to, like we said before, just start wherever you want to start, where'd you come from, um, some family stuff if you want to get into it, and if not. Uh, And then we'll just kind of get up to where you are and and, and go from there.
1: Sure. So uh, originally I'm from Waverly, Tennessee, so not too far from here at all. I lived there my entire life until it was time to go to college, which I ended up going to Austin P State University for both undergrad and master's. And then I moved to Nashville for about 10 years, which I loved. I got to watch Nashville grow from... 2010 Nashville until now you know I feel like um, and then I decided well you know I think the best place for me would probably be Dixon because it's close enough to my family in Waverly and also Austin P. for purposes that we'll get into later of course and also the fact that I went there in undergrad and then Nashville which I love to go to all the time and I didn't know much about Dixon at the time but I really like it now so I've been here I believe about three or four years everyone makes fun of me me because I can't remember how much time (laughs) I've been doing anything. And uh, yeah, so I ended up here and I decided to go back to school to get my PhD. And I'm doing that with Walden University. And I'm in my dissertation now. So I'm all but dissertation. And I am very excited about that. Because I've only got about a year left. And then I'll be Dr. Builder back and I'm pumped. (laughs) (laughs) But no one needs to call me that ever, please, except my students.
0: For sure. And they better call you doctor. They better call me Dr. (laughs) Bilderbeck. Wow. Okay. Um, So, yeah, let's let's step into that a little bit. So, born in Waverly. Went to um, Austin Peay. So... What did you study at Austin P?
1: So my undergraduate degree is in marketing and my masters is in management. And I did take a couple of years off in between to work. I worked at AT&T as a sales manager for a really long okay. time. And I love them. They paid for my masters program, oh, so cool. it's super cool, That's nice. but uh, Yeah, you know, I think going back, I probably would have majored in management in undergrad, but really it doesn't matter. I just only think I want to do that because my OCD says it should have been management, 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 (laughs) all down the line. But I learned a lot in the marketing department, so it's fine.
0: I can imagine. Um, And then you went up and moved to Nashville. Mm Mm-hmm, yes. And that that was a pretty um, big portion of your life there 10 years I guess right? yeah so yeah. what so what was going on in Nashville that kept you there for 10 years?
1: well let's see uh, I moved with AT&T so um, part of that master's program was done while I lived in Nashville actually it was just I had to commute back and forth to Clarksville but I met my husband in Nashville he's from awesome. Indianapolis though oh, wow. and uh, he had moved down to work oh I love telling people this this is going to be a good story but uh, <laughs> he had moved down to take just an entry-level sales job with AT&T and I was a manager there he was not my direct report but he reported to one of the other managers there and he was terrible at sales oh my gosh my husband was absolutely (laughs) horrible at sales and um then he left and then asked me on a date and the rest was history right we just hit it off and uh Got a house out in suburbia in the middle of Bellevue, right? And I did not love suburbia. I'm the kind of girl, I mean, I probably sound professional right now, right? But I want to be able to, like, yell off the back of my porch and no one hear me with some good land, you know? So Dixon finding land was a really good step because we have... You know, we entertain. We have people over. It's a good. It's a good yeah. time. But Nashville. Um, other than my husband and AT and T, what kept me there was the fun, right? I feel like sure. I was uh, in my twenties with no children and enjoying everything that Nashville has to offer. So,
0: which it has quite a bit. Yes. Um, and it's quickly getting more as well too. And uh, I think the floodgates are back open in Nashville. I was watching some video the other day of just. Rippies and Tootsie's and all those places and it's like nothing ever happened. Um
1: <laughs> It's so true. You know, I'll say this. I stayed away from downtown. Being from sure. Tennessee, I never wanted to be in downtown for sure. much. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be in all the outskirts of Nashville, right? So East Nashville would be the cool. place I like to be or oh, that's a good all spot. over that. But networking there too was fun. But the best part about coming down to Dixon anyway, I feel like is we all it's kinda of like everybody knows everybody, but it's still big. At the Absolutely. same time. So it's like the best of everything I loved about Nashville, all in one little spot.
0: One little spot. Yeah. That's exactly right. And it's, uh, you know, it's it's small enough to where you can kind of get to know everybody, but mm-hmm. it's also roomy enough to where you can spread out. And like you said... Um, yell and scream off your back porch and, and nobody get well that was one of the requirements for my house as well too that I, I, I needed to pee off my back porch and I would there you be, go. And that's what I wanted to do. I didn't want any of my neighbors to see me. So um that's what we've got. And um and Dixon you can do it. It's a great spot. So um so you're back now and uh sounds like you've got a lot going on. You're working on your PhD, you're teaching, um, and you have your own job. So uh, I'd like to kind of maybe get into um Where the spark for what you've got going on now. Uh, where that started and and kind of how it snowballed to, to kind of where it is now
1: sure so I'll go down the path of why I got my or why I wanted to work on this PhD I always want to say why I got it but I'm not done so why I wanted to get the PhD and teach I've always felt that I wanted to help other students that maybe came from rural backgrounds or didn't have all the pieces that they needed to the puzzle of what do I do whenever I graduate high school right so there were so many of those kids in Waverly I feel like I was one of those as kids in Waverly, you know, I was not as outgoing or as uh, willing to network as I am now, and I felt like when I got to Austin P. Pe- that the professors in the College of Business were just the most welcoming, friendly, excited type of people and they wanted me to succeed. And they got me out of my shell. I was the president of a business fraternity that was co-ed, you know, and we grew from, I believe when I started that, or started in that organization, there were like 16 members and we grew to more than 50. I mean, we had the best time and all of that was, uh, you know, networking and me coming out of my shell. And that showed me that someone like me from a small town in a rural area with not all the pieces that, you know, are needed for the puzzle that could help other students or help other people um, find those pieces, right? So I said to myself, I really want to teach. And also the the attraction, too, has to be how many hours a week that they work, right? Sure. I feel like the amount of time spent in the classroom is very minimal compared to the amount of time we can do things like this right right so um i decided even though i knew it was going to be extremely challenging because i'd be working at the same time that i would go back and get my phd so i could teach so along that or during that time anyway i was very very fortunate to interview to be an adjunct with austin p Mm. and um It helped that I knew some of the people in the college of business, but I will say that that came along the lines from networking, right? So I luckily had been doing that, let's see, I guess three, four years, and now I'm going into a contract position in the fall where I'm full-time. Wow. So it's exciting because now I finally, I mean, not that I wasn't doing it as an adjunct because I was teaching a full-time load as an adjunct, I'm still going to have an office and office hours and all of those things and be able to help these students who don't have a clue what they're you know interested in doing with their lives and i get to be that person who's like what do we, well let's talk about it right what do we want to do i want to help you
0: so how do you um how do you pull that out of them i'm always interested in like <laughs> i'm the same way like and uh you know you're bubbly not not bubbliness but your your personality is um intriguing i mean it's like you said you became the president of the business returning and grew it you know now you own your own business and you're teaching so it's just like boom, 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 you know, when the, when the, when strike when the iron's hot kind of thing and, and don't really look back and, um, you know, it's kind of tough to, to slow down sometimes and then really take in to perspective, you know, what's going on. And then now you having, you know, the heart that you do wanting to kind of pull that out of people. Um, I want to know, oh, shit. sorry, <laughs> I didn't realize tired. that was still on. <laughs> um, so what, what are some of the things that you do to maybe, um, Pull that out of them. I know it's tough when you, it's to figure out the questions to ask, I guess. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. So I feel like I've got a really good knack at figuring out people's personalities and their motivations. So all of that starts with a conversation, right? So uh, being with that sales background and sales management background with AT&T, along the lines of time, I've learned all the different techniques that a salesperson has. But I feel like I integrate what I need from that, plus just with trying to be outgoing and have a conversation with people. And then I show them that I care because I feel like that's one of the biggest parts too, right? You have to really feel like someone cares to listen to what you have to say or cares to help you. If you, uh, <laughs> feel like you're going to get any sort of help out of that situation, I feel like, anyway. That's how I feel. Sure. And um, I know that when those professors cared about me, right, whenever I was that age, that that really made an impact, and it made me want to talk to them. It made me want to be open with them. And, you know, maybe I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. In fact, maybe I didn't know all the pieces. of You know, did I know I was going to own a clothing boutique? No, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, and did I even think about wanting to do that at that point in my life? No. No. So, those are things that you figure out along the way by having those conversations. And how I pull that out of them is just ask them all the questions in the world, right? What do you enjoy doing? You know, yeah. what do you hate doing? That's, right? Yeah. That's a great question. That's a really good one. Make a list of 10 things that you would absolutely hate doing with your life, mm-hmm. right? I do not want to do any janitorial type of thing. I mean, I am squeamish with blood. Nursing is not for me. (laughs) You know, all of that type of thing. I could make a list of 10 right now, but then you think of 10 things that you would absolutely be in love with doing. And some people actually don't think about those things on a regular basis. And when you write it down, it makes it real. So I often suggest that exercise. Um, And many other things. Just continuous um, self... um, trying to think of the best word discovery yeah self-discovery right so
0: do you um do you maybe put them through some practices or uh some scenarios maybe to kind of help figure that out i know in college like i didn't have a clue what i wanted to do i knew i wanted to do something in business and i had started my own business um a dj company uh, when i was 15 so i kind of knew the the direction i wanted to go with it but uh I enjoyed partying as well too, so <laughs> Me too. you know it's yeah right, So I'm saying like so how do you how um how do you kind of I guess keep them focused because that's that's where I see this whole thing going um as far as it's just is just bringing people up along a rising tide. What is it r- brings up all the ships right. kind of thing mm-hmm. um and that's really special for you to to want to in a day of age, kids that are presented with so many distractions. Um, and so many modes of professionalism, uh, that they may feel, I guess I see a lot of kids feeling like they have to do something, you know, maybe it's, it, maybe it's bred by their parents or maybe it's bred by social media influencers, but, um, that path of make a list of 10 things that you'd absolutely hate doing, you know, it's kind of all wishy-washy now because you see these people being influencers and doing these crazy things and making all this money Maybe that's what you think you want to do, but you don't know till you don't know kind of thing.
1: Right, because a lot of times they don't realize what it takes to get to those places, which a lot of the influencers and people that we're familiar with that... We could just name off the top of our heads, right? Those right. people have had to get there somehow, and they've had to learn things along the way, network, and have these these situations with themselves where they're wondering what the next thing is that they should do. But back to the question, though, about what I do with them exercise-wise. I teach half theory and half real life, cool. so you'll be speaking to my students in the fall. I hope cool. that you already Lovely. feel like mode. you will yeah. be, but I, I'm assuming the sale with you right now because I... I love to bring Using this technical <laughs> jargon on. Me. I love to bring people that are doing something in real life that they're passionate about. and you can talk about podcasts, you can talk about anything with these kids because it's business at the end of the day. Sure. I mean so it helps them see that, well, that person is actually doing this out in the real world and that's more interesting than listening to Professor Bilderbeck talk about theory all day. Sure. because then they're seeing things that they would never have seen before you <laughs> If they weren't given that opportunity. So I love to bring in guest speakers for them. And then also we practice doing, I mean, and I will rack my brain all the way until 1 a.m., 2 a.m. trying to find exercises or create exercises for these kids sometimes night before uh, thinking, what could I tie in that will get them engaged and really understand this theory or topic area, but apply it to real life and provide them some sort of a lesson that says, you know, I really might be interested in human resources, right?
0: Cool. Yeah. So
1: um, one day I printed off a list of 21 things that that have been done in the workplace and whether or not they needed coaching, you know, and I kind of like pulled them from different places and I cut them out in little strips and all around this auditorium of kids, I gave each one of them, you know, a little strip of paper and then I had them read it out loud and tell me how they would coach that employee. What would you do? Wow! Having no experience doing that, right? And then that kind of tells them a little bit about where their brain goes, right? Where does their mind go in that moment? Do I fire them? That was the answer. That was the most popular (laughs) answer. answer and i'm like no that is not the answer the answer is to coach and develop at least that's what i hope i'm teaching you to do oh my gosh but yeah they were like fired (laughs) no (laughs) but you know things that they don't think really happen in the real world and try to find practices that uh motivate them and show them those things in the class right
0: and how many are you dealing with? Oh
1: my gosh! I, I say dealing with how many <laughs> no, children are teach.
0: present in oh, the classroom? Oh no, class you're fine. Year?
1: In each class, it can be a range from. I think the smallest class I've ever taught had about 20 in it, but don't take that as a professor. Bilderbeck teaches a 20 person class every semester because normally my average is about 40 to 45. Golly. But the most I've ever had in a class at one time is 72. Okay, it's a lot. It <laughs> is a lot to deal with. It's a lot to yeah. keep. Um, Motivated and engaged. So imagine. obviously, I'm not touching all of them, right? With everything that I'm saying, they're not all hearing me. Some of them are on their phones. Some of them sure. are doing other things. And I mean, I'm young enough to realize that yes, you are going to be on your phone once in a while. You're going to nod off and kind of think about what you're going to have for lunch, right? <laughs> but um, I, I do feel like as long as I'm reaching a large majority, or you know, even just a small amount of sure. them, at least there's that, right? Yeah, exactly. that, Absolutely. At least a I'm good positive trying. Way to look at. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
0: In a world full of distractions and young children, (laughs) young adults, I guess, uh, that is a very good way to look at it. So um, let's kind of let's get back into uh, your business. And I guess we can kind of tie it all together. So Sassy Pop. What? How did that? How was that birth? Okay, did that come from? so
1: I've watched. Um, okay, when I was still managing out in corporate America, right, and I'd pretty much decided that I wanted to become a professor and go back and get my PhD. Uh, my husband, again, we'll talk about him. He's a production manager at Del Tile here in Dixon, but cool. before that, he worked as a production supervisor at Nissan. Very safe, not a risk taker. Okay, <laughs> we are opposites. I guess PPE opposite. <laughs> is his regular. Oh uniform. yeah, he's like yeah. you better be wearing all your people. P-E, or else. Or else, yeah. I'm going to shake Okay, now, he's a rule follower at heart. Um, If you're listening to this podcast and you're his employee, you'll know that. Um, But (laughs) but he um, looked at me. I came home one day from work, and I'm like andy i think that i'm going to start my own online clothing boutique and it started online of course and now we have an in-store but uh i'd been watching all these women do it and i said if they can do it i can do it right mm-hmm. so i said i'm gonna start an online clothing boutique um and quit my job and go back to school to get my phd and he was just like what <laughs> I, we're gonna That's so not safe right that is not safe. <laughs> that is not safe that is not okay you know like <laughs> it was very uh, very tense it, evening, but, um, you know, (laughs) I... I explained to him how much money I felt like I needed um, in my business plan to start it up. And he said, as long as we're not financing it, it has to come straight from money that you earn somehow, mm. right? So then I started selling like, you name it, everything in the whole world that I never wore from my closet on Poshmark. And I just, because cool. I was not going to take it out of our own savings. I was not going to put it on a credit card. So I just sold all this stuff on the internet until I got enough money for my nest egg. Cool. And that took me three months because I was very motivated mm. to be able to do this, right? Right. Because I knew that if I was going to open a business, that that was going to give me time back to be able to focus more on my PhD studies and also to potentially slide into the position I wanted, which is the adjunct teaching position Mm -hmm. at Austin P, that I didn't even know was available yet. I just knew that I would have to have an open schedule, right? So I can sit here at 10 a.m. and do the Your Vibes podcast. You have to have an open schedule for things like this, I feel like. So I... um. I talked to him about that. I said, I got the money. So, Hey, I'm going to do it. And I even, because I know how safe he is, I even started the business for a month and proved to him that it was going to be able to replace my income. Right. And a lot of that was studying, you name it on Facebook, Instagram and all that, and being able to understand the hashtags and the marketing and how to get good ads. And I mean, I was not the best in the beginning, but I'm pretty good now. I'm not the best, best now, but, um, I did that though because you know two twofold everything I just said plus I enjoy making women feel confident and comfortable about who, what they wear and who they are so I'm a plus size I know you guys can't see me right now behind this microphone but um I have had that struggle throughout my life too where I'm like oh god what if the, what if I can't find a blazer or what if I can't find something that's going to work with my body type and I wanted to help women you know size extra extra small all the way through 3x that wow. was my my goal uh, to make sure that I was helping all of those women feel confident, comfortable, and beautiful in what they are wearing, right? So that came through time, me thinking, you know, I really want to help those women. So um, that's when I said, let's do it. So we did it, and I quit my job. And um, I started out of our spare bedroom in my house, and I used to mainly do live sales, and then we got too big for... What is live sales? Live sales like um, me. Hi, guys, how's it going? And welcome on Facebook to live yeah, and YouTube Facebook and all Live that. and all that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. And that takes a lot of yeah, courage. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, it, it's a scary thing at first because you realize everybody is watching you and wondering if you're going to succeed, you sure. know. And it's a scary Some situation. Some people like sometimes. hoping that you fail yes, too. That. What a sick
0: <laughs> mindset of other people. But like, I mean, I can, I see it. Some people just, um, they don't like other people that are successful. Yeah, you know? but for you to just step out right off the bat, and yeah. do live sales—that is incredible. Yeah,
1: and it was a little nerve wracking for sure. I was gonna. And just you're telling me you don't like the cameras route. here in
0: the podcast. I know. Yeah. I definitely <laughs> told Michael
1: when I got here. I'm really glad the cameras aren't here. But honestly, this is the first conversation that Michael and I have really had. Mm-hmm. In fact, I almost had wished that we went to lunch first so I would have a little bit of an sure. understanding of his personality, right? But um, then I, this is the better way of doing it right I feel like doing the podcast first you get 100% raw Raw. but it was scary at first thinking who would be watching were the professors watching were my students watching (laughs) I mean everything just scared me to death but I did it and then we outgrew the spare bedroom uh, Mulberry Mill uh, here Mm -hmm. in town beautiful building lots of space by the way I'm not gonna give you a commercial but I mean like if you're looking for somewhere you can customize a space that's it so I've got a pretty big beautiful space inside of Mulberry Mill that we moved into. And then I grew to have a, a back office manager and I've got three models. I mean, like we that's we so do awesome. it up and it's amazing. And we open by appointment. So that's the other piece. Okay, We do have that physical in-store location, but I do not pay someone to sit there all the mm. time. We open by appointment or we open for big events like the Dixon Street Festival coming up yeah. or any of the things that are going on. And we do have open shopping once a month on Saturdays. But we do that because um, it works for us. And still, eighty percent of my business—well, maybe seventy now—now now that I've met a lot of people in Dixon, seventy percent of my business is still customers online from all that marketing that I've done.
0: So, how are you? Um, how are you? I guess, what's your kind of clickbait, click funnel kind of schedule? Do you have? You know, are you doing the Facebook? Are you doing the YouTube? The Instagram? Whatever? How how does that look for you?
1: So we have a Facebook business page and a Facebook group. And the Facebook group is the bread and butter. It's the place where most people go to first. Our Instagram, though, is phenomenal. And we've worked that up probably over the last year. And we post, uh, we we started with the whole post once a week and then post every couple of days, which is the same thing I'm doing with the Downtown Dixon Mm -hmm. social media now that I've taken it over because my goal is to try to grow it even more too. So um, then we got to the point where we post every day and now it's post three times a day. And what that does is, um, let's say you follow my boutique and Mm -hmm. you uh, love the clothes and you shop with us regularly and you want to see our content, right? So the minute you open Instagram, there's our picture, right? And you're like, oh I like that picture right there's one of the models it's a great looking outfit and then you close your phone and you go back and you open it again oh there's another picture from Sassy Pop Boutique the the point of posting three times a day you have to work toward it and and Instagram has to like that you're doing that and your customers and your followers have to show that they're liking the algorithm of that change Um, another boutique that I can think of in Clarksville the Copper Petal they do the same concept Um, it's a replicable thing and it gets you more views and more, um, there's a word I'm looking for, but I can't think of it, but consistent impressions, yeah, impressions, but no, I'm trying to think of the exact word, but it gets you more regular, um, view time from
0: people. Just showing up (laughs) on people's feed. Yeah. Yeah. Which
1: then reminds people, Oh, I've seen that. Uh, bag a couple times now maybe i should go back and look at it so they're doing it from their office they're doing it from uh their the passenger seat of a car when their husband's driving down the road you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. they're doing all that without having to come in to my store which is amazing because then not that i don't want them to i love them to in fact our in-person shopping days bring a different clientele but um the online concept is phenomenal because everybody just shops whenever we'll wake up with three orders that were from people we've never met or didn't even know. Oh, that's awesome. And some local, some not.
0: Wow. <laughs> really so cool. are you getting kind of a, a national spread here? Oh, for I mean, sure.
1: We have a lot of customers mm-hmm. in California, New York um, strangely Oklahoma. I don't know where that came from. But. How
0: about that? <laughs> Is but we, it that kind of style? I mean, yeah, I mean, okay. every, it's, it's
1: a, I mean, I'm wearing something from my boutique right now. Cool. So, um, and it's a dress by the way with flowers on it. I mean, it can, we have something for everyone all the way from like, um, sweatpants, leggings style to wear it to work and teach in it. I would teach in this dress. So, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, we have something for everybody.
0: That's awesome. Yeah,
1: and earrings and necklaces and cups and you name it.
0: So uh, with 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 mainly the online the online business model, obviously there's a lot of competition out there and you've got to kind of find your niche. So I guess you know if you could kind of put a uh, some words or description together as far as kind of what niche you fit. I mean, is there something that you can come up with for that? Trendy,
1: boho chic. Boho chic. Um, I yeah, like that. Cool. Yeah, I think we would anywhere from the high school age, and I only Mm -hmm. say the high school age because most of my models are either dual enrollment kids or high school kids, and they attract their friends. Um, So most of our locals uh, are in that, or not most of our locals, I'm sorry, most of the people that age would be locals. We don't have a lot of online people that shop that are high school age. But I'd say our it'll go all the way up to people in their 60s it's just our typical customer if i had to like give it a range would be from age 28 probably to 55
0: okay yeah wow so what's uh what's the most challenging hurdle i guess you've had to cross thus far to to keep alive i know a lot of businesses (laughs) won't survive that long and it may seem going well and then of things plateau but I mean you seem to be kind of moving right along. So
1: Consistency right? Wow. Yeah. On a day that you made zero sales and got tons of new inventory that you spent thousands of dollars on and no one bought anything or a week that's absolutely horrible or as my other business owner friends in retail understand the J months, January, June and July they're usually terrible because people are recouping from Christmas mm-hmm. or they're going on vacation in June and July you have to not let that get you down. Have a big enough nest egg to you know handle the sure. situation financially and just keep going. You can't just give up sure. because when you give up then there's no momentum, there's no content, there's no ability for people to continue to see what you're doing, right? There's just the old
0: and right. people
1: want to see new. They want to see consistent uh, content. They want to they want to hear the newest thing, see the newest thing, all that jazz.
0: And even if they're not buying, <clears throat> if you're consistently programming them to see your stuff and they see it and they see it and they see it, they're not going to forget about it. Exactly. So when then they do buy, you're the first thing that they come to. Yeah. Um, so in order to keep that motivation, uh, where's your mind at? Where Where is it going? Do you want to kind of keep it where it's at now until you get your PhD or you want to Uh, where's 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 it going
1: that's a good point we've been very consistent um over the last few years and i don't have any intention of opening additional boutiques um yet (laughs) I say yet Um, because whenever I I always have to remember that the teaching and the schooling are in the like they're in the front seat and the boutiques in the back seat and my family somehow and my husband has to somehow be in that front seat too right so all of those things are the most important to me because they're going to be my future for sure right once you hit a tenure track position that's an exciting thing Mm -hmm. so those are all things that I focus on the most, but if the boutique is still going to continue to do well, then, yeah, we may evolve into a boutique that's open all the time and online once I'm fully done with my Ph.D. Okay. That is a that is a for sure piece right there. Because it's almost like, and, and I, I even like joked to my husband telling him about me coming in here this morning and said I should bring three hats so I can explain. I've got the Ph.D. <laughs> hat, I've got the <laughs> professor hat, and I've got the business owner hat. And really I've got these tiny little caps that are like my husband, you know, my relationship, mm-hmm. and then the DDA now too, because sure. I've joined the marketing position with the DDA. So I have to take a hat off to put another hat on, and I just have to make sure that I'm successfully rotating through those hats. Um, so once I can get rid of that PhD hat and it's completely done, then yeah, I'd only I'll only have to wear the big two, and uh, I might make it a little, a little easier bigger. to juggle. Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: And, and you know, sitting on these boards and these associations, um, you know, while, you know, like, oh, you only meet once a month. Well, you <laughs> do, but yeah. that's the only official meeting. Ever. There's uh, so much more that goes on outside of those committee meetings that just take up so much time. Like, um, you know, I'm, I I've started a nonprofit, a, a waterfowl conservation nonprofit, and uh, it's a six-month job. We only have one event a year. Our committee only meets maybe two or three times a year, but there are so many constant communications for an event of 200 people getting sponsors and vendors and everything else lined up, as you well know. So, um, you know, being on one of those associations is nothing to write off at all. I mean, that's still another hat for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely um so in in this pursuit to the phd you're doing your do your dissertation Mm -hmm. so are you able to tell us what that's on uh i would
1: i would not like to share yet only because i'm in the middle of negotiating the data but um surrounding employee development in the fashion industry how about that oh that's
0: awesome yeah something i'm sure you'll knock out of the park yeah i'm
1: excited about it (laughs) cool
0: good for you um well, what about uh, so uh, in terms of in terms of the DDA, um, we'll go that route. Sure. So let's talk a little bit about the spring festival coming up.
1: Oh, I'm so excited! Yeah, I,
0: I am too. Um, I know it's it's kind of been it's just kind of in everybody's face, and um, it's gonna be a pretty big event. I'm on the DDA as well too. I don't know if I'd mention that, but I just as a non-voting associate member. Um, which means I get to be nosy, uh, but I don't really get to make any of the decisions. <laughs> it so. means you care. It means the I the care. That's exactly business. right. Yeah. Um, always have, and um, I do participate in a lot of downtown activities. So, um, like to know what's going on and and offer my assistance in any way possible. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, how did how did this kind of come about? Was did Seth just approach the DDA and? go from there? So
1: it's funny. um, Okay, so let's let me let me think back to when I first heard about the festival. So I had not been coming to the meetings for a few months uh, during the heavier part of the pandemic. In my opinion, my grandfather's 83. So we were bringing him groceries every week and just trying to do minimal stuff. So when I started coming back to the meetings, the first thing I can remember is Seth presenting this amazing festival idea to everybody in the room. and We're so excited. And I brought all my uh, business friends. I hope you're listening. From Mulberry Mill, um, other than Andy, of course, who's already a member. But um, I brought them all with me and said, You're joining the DDA, and we're jumping in on, you know, full fledged, and we're going to do this thing. And I could just see my friend Holly, who owns the healing room, like, Oh my God, what is she dragging me into? (laughs) But she's so excited she joined now. But now Seth is telling us about this amazing. Uh, festival, and Esther's face looks lit up and excited. Some people look a little concerned and confused. The whole room, of, I love to read the room, because I, you sure. know, business management, I feel like it's a fun thing to do, to look around and check on the employees, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, everybody seemed pretty pumped about it for the most part, and they had questions, but overall it seemed like a really good thing to bring traffic to Dixon, right? Sure. And to bring people downtown and to give an opportunity to to vendors to be able to sell their crafts or whatever it is that they make. You know, there's such a variety of them. Um, And give musicians the ability to play and people in our community the ability to have fun and listen to music and bring their family down there. So I was pumped and ready to jump in, right? And um, so many pieces go into making an event. Uh, You know, shortly after I joined the executive council of the Downtown Dixon Mm. Association, we were um, nominated, elected, all that jazz, but there weren't any, or there wasn't anyone running against us. So that was kind of nice. But um, our amazing bomb squad jumped in and started meeting every week. And we came up with everything you could imagine to get ready for this festival and delegated. It. And it was very nice to see Esther be able to get a lot of the things off her plate and delegated into Absolutely. the roles that it needed to go in. And Esther's our president. And she um, just gave us all different responsibilities, and we rocked it. I mean, we're ready. We're excited. And well, we think that it's going to be a fantastic day.
0: Well, yeah. I and, and the DDA, what's really blown my mind, and I didn't know this prior to joining, but uh, the DDA within itself was very minimal. Compared to what it is now, I think it's taken a couple years for it to really get into a full-fledged. Maybe it was prior to, and it kind of died out. uh, But I didn't realize that it was kind of just this floating association that, you know, maybe maybe not played a huge role. But um, because I've even talked to some other downtown business owners outside of downtown uh, in the kind of outskirts of it, and they didn't even really know. You know, so I I think y'all have done a fantastic job building it up. And then, like you said, delegating that thing and then to have this kind of roll in, um, it's going to be a real uh, test and a a good kickstart. You know, I mean, you can have so much um, all lined up at the starting line and then um, go time is Saturday. So uh, I'll be emceeing, um, announcing the bands and and sponsors and all of that. that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to have to rest up. Because uh, I'll be doing trivia Thursday <laughs> night and yelling at about 80 people. And so I'm going to have to pretty much just be absolutely quiet um, Friday and make sure I've still got my voice uh, for all day Saturday. But I'm extremely excited. Um, a lot of bands lined up. Cool artists. A lot of vendors, like 100 vendors coming. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Fireworks at the end of the night. Uh, this is year one. So just give us some grace if anything Um, does get a little squirrely or a little out of line or may not be absolutely perfect. This is year one, but, uh, going to do it big and going to do it right. So I think, uh, it's going to go off and and everybody's going to have a really good time. So
1: will your followers have the opportunity to hear this before the festival? Yeah,
0: I'm going to get, um, I'm going to work late tonight. I got to get Angela's finished this one. I've got one tomorrow and then Elizabeth Dotson and I, and if you want to join in, um, on, um, Thir- i think it's thursday or maybe wednesday i'll have to look at my calendar but around three o'clock we're gonna do a live
1: yeah I'm just gonna... message me because you cool. know how all the days run together <laughs> if yeah i'm not looking at my calendar then who knows absolutely
0: yeah and so i think we're gonna try to do a, a facebook live um i've tried to there's a couple programs out there where you can go live on multiple platforms all at once but i'm not ready for that quite yet Uh, So I think we're going to just set the computer up in here and do set the mics up kind of like this and where the computer they can see us and and then just do a Facebook live and talk about the event. And um, you're more than welcome to come in and chat about it as well, too. Yeah. And if if Seth he should be back in town. Um, we may try to sneak him in here at some point, but maybe just like an hour live, you know, and we can kind of just talk and have people message us and ask us questions and answer stuff like that. That's a
1: really good idea to promote it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, um, but yeah, I'll have this one uploaded and, um, everybody will get their, their piece and, um, Please be sure to come and support too. Yeah, this come a big and support,
1: event. and understand that um, if there's anything that you think that needs to be improved, give us the feedback. Um, We're not on be...
0: hips Dixon. preferably. <laughs> <again>. give, <laughs> right, give it please, to us personally. Just send it to yeah. me on the yeah. Downtown
1: Dixon page, and I'll make sure it gets seen. Um, I'm the person you're talking to, by the way. Behind that, if you're if you're messaging the Downtown Dixon Instagram or Facebook, it's me. You're speaking to. How about that? So I'm happy to take that feedback and share it with not only the EC but the entire DDA. And um, we have worked very hard We're so excited And there's going to be It's almost like I I think about Disney, right? I think about how There's a cast member That just kind of Pops out And and cleans something up Real quick And then runs back Into the bushes And you don't even realize That they were there (laughs) Well, that's all of us We're going to be Those people that day We're not going to be I'm necessarily they're enjoying it with our family we're going to be especially specifically the ec a lot of us are going to be making sure things run smoothly so if you see us running in and out like little disney cast members just know we're doing our best to make sure everything is Great for you. Are you
0: going to be dressed like a Disney cast member? Yeah, I, could, I think that I would make a, things more you know, pleasurable. You, you're running around looking like Cinderella. <laughs>
1: I don't know. I have a polka dot red dress. I could do many. How about Perfect. that? Perfect. I yeah.
0: think that would work out just fine. That would work out just fine. Um, cool. Well, do you want to plug your socials?
1: Uh, yeah, definitely sassypopboutique.com If you want to just shop on our website, we ship and we have the option for local pickup. And Instagram is at sassypopboutiquedixon And then our Facebook group, uh, you just search sassypopboutique in Facebook search bar and you'll be able to find it. Cool. Uh, those are all the best ways to find us. You will probably recognize some of, if you're local, of course, you'll recognize a lot of my little models. I've got Taylor and Keely Deloach and then Judy Young. They are the best. And then my best friend of like four years Kayla is my office manager and uh, one of our other friends Diana models for us all the time she's our other college bestie who just drives down for some photo shoots but guys we work very hard on that content and uh, I think it'll give you some outfit inspo and uh, we're happy to answer any questions that you have and to have you in the store
0: yeah absolutely a little local boutique um, great online presence too so if you don't want to get out and you just hit that order button Um, I appreciate you coming out taking the time I know it's kind of thrown together and we're Going to grab some lunch after this, but um, thanks for coming out. Thank you guys for tuning in again. Uh, Truly, truly do appreciate the following. It's grown. I think we're over 3,000 downloads so far. So, uh, yeah, pretty pumped about it. Um, Nowhere but up to go from here and so many different options uh, that we've been brainstorming and some really good guests coming up over the next couple months as well, too. So I'm booked out for the next two months and um, looking forward to seeing what everybody's got to say and... Again, appreciate you guys. Like, share, follow, um, and be sure to subscribe uh, to YouTube, um, Spotify, Apple, Google, Podcast, Anchor. Uh, that way you just get those alerts because that's, that's what keeps you in the back of the head. I mean, I'm, I'm sporadic about when I can get these scheduled and uploaded, um, but if you get those alerts, you'll be sure to listen. And I'll cut this up in some really good pieces, some really good pieces in this um, chat here, about 40 minutes, right? Pretty good time, real good time. Uh, I think my average listening... Um, which is why I cut it up is like five to 11 minutes. So huh. um, so I cut it up uh, and throw out five to six-minute clips, you know, and, and those get listened to all the way through, so – um, just trial and error as we go, right? Yeah,
1: that's a good point. I actually listened to, I believe, Tom Costa's most recent podcast cool. with you for about five to seven minutes <laughs> yeah, in the see. car, driving from one place to another. That's and, yeah. it. <laughs> yep.
0: So uh, I was seeing that and I was like, oh boy, I'm spending an hour to an hour and a half getting these recorded and then nobody's listening to much of it. So what am I going to do? Just, you got to shift and, and I'll cut out some, some good notes and uh, some takeaways, and, and hopefully that gets more traction. It's working so far. So we'll just keep trucking. But uh, until next time, thank you guys and enjoy the rest of your day. Peace.